0: Hi friends, thanks for uh, joining us today. This is a bonus uh, bonus discussion to our episode that we just had with Dr. Jeff Myers from Summit Ministries. Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I would highly recommend that you go back and give that a listen. Um, we really enjoyed it. We just got off the call with him and we just want to debrief real quick about some of our thoughts and takeaways. We covered a lot of ground. I learned a lot. I was taking notes the whole time. It was just a great discussion um, so yeah, we just want to debrief that real quick, and if you haven't listened to the episode yet, uh, maybe just pause this one, go back, listen to that, uh, and then you can join us here for the debrief discussion. Uh, Dad, just, uh, what were some of your highlights and takeaways, uh, coming off that call? Yeah,
1: thanks, Luke. It was, uh, it was great. You know, he's, uh, Jeff is a guy that I've run into from time to time, and I certainly have heard of Summit Ministries. I haven't experienced it myself, but... I know of people that have gone through the program, been really helped by it, and, you know, again, there is this kind of community, if you will, of Christian organizations and ministries that are doing kind of work in the area of biblical worldview and discipleship, and Summit really is, um, I would say, one of the most influential, most prominent, you know, organizations. So for me today, I was really excited just with that background to talk to, to talk to Jeff and to to learn from him and just sharpen my own thinking. And that for sure, you know happened. Um, he's just really, really thoughtful. I thought um, you know, I, 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 I think the thing that I want to kind of reflect on more is he had a lot of very clear and very articulated ways of describing worldview. And biblical worldview. He talked about, I can't, you know, reiterate it from scratch here off the top of my head, but he introduced uh, the idea of patterns of thought or patterns of thinking, and I that's new for me, you know, that's not something that we've used in our definitions of worldview, but I want to think about that, and that could be a very helpful uh, idea or concept. You know, uh, he's correct that in, you know, whenever you're learning something, you look for patterns, right? You know, and he mentioned sports. If you're yeah. learning basketball, you know you're yeah you're anything right. You try to. I mean, Luke, you were trying to teach me uh, Texas Hold'em <laughs> poker, right? You know, over the. <laughs> and I, no money. I'm a pretty slow we're learner, like, you know, and yeah, I'm looking for patterns, <laughs> trying to figure it out here a little bit. But, anyways, all that to say, I I would love to 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 go back myself, listen, think through, you know, what he has, because he's clearly, I mean, he's built his whole ministry and life around. This I want to hear. I want to understand it more. So I was really grateful for that. I, I loved you know that he brought up uh, you know my the highlight for me was just the discussion on you know when we were talking about his book how truth can you know people people in history that have had a real commitment to the truth and have really sacrificed for that and he said that uh, John Wycliffe the translator of the Bible into English you know this is back in the in the early Reformation times was was an example that he used. And, and he brought up in that how, um, how many words were introduced into the English language that didn't exist before in people's common everyday conversations and writings, but they were introduced uh, through that biblical translation and just the translation of the Bible, how it has completely changed and transformed cultures. We I just, I love that, and I think we take that for granted, because we assume, oh, well, you know, there's always been these translations of the Bible in Spanish and all these different languages. I mean, in, in almost every language now, that's that's the work of groups like Wycliffe Bible Translators, <laughs> which takes its name from from John Wycliffe. But, but the power of that, I think, is something we have to just keep coming back to and just never take for granted, the power of these biblical words, and so, and, you know, it You know, for Wycliffe, that story, if people aren't familiar with what it cost Mm. him, you know, Mm. to do that, um, the sacrifice that these people had to make, you know, it was—they didn't just, you know, skip in there and say, I'm going to, you know, translate the Bible into English. Um, The Catholic Church at that time, you know, had a monopoly on power by keeping the translation limited to Latin, right, because they were the ones then control— um, the distribution and the knowledge that was in the scriptures, because they were the ones that spoke Latin. And um, and they literally, you know, put to death people that, that would be bold enough to say, no, we're going to try to translate it out of Latin and into into vernacular languages like English, you know. So they paid a huge price for that. Yeah. Dwight, what about you? What are, what are some things that you, you? I, I'm really, I'm sorry, again, oh, no, on this that podcast, just... I dominated this discussion too much. <laughs> no, I always love your questions, and I didn't give
2: anyone a chance well, to actually, ask you questions. you worked towards so a couple of them at, early on. So, uh, yeah, I, I too uh, ju- grabbed the word pattern when he said that, because I started thinking pattern, pattern. Hmm. We use sets of ideas, assumptions, uh, basic foundational beliefs, you know, important key beliefs. But I thought pattern, that hmm. works because... I just it just it just felt like a really powerful word all at once. So I think, I think we should mm-hmm. start to work with that word and see how we might use it in our definition to help people understand. Mm-hmm. The other thing was, I, I thought, mm-hmm. how are we different from the DNA and Summit? And, and it goes back to some of his history. Um, he came out of mm-hmm. a, a Marxist understanding, and he was in the U.S., and he was seeing what was happening in the, in the universities in the U.S. Yes. And we come out of this right. world, this uh, relief and development world, and we're looking at the effects of yes. animism and uh, impact on uh, yeah. image of God in women, and they're being inferior in communities of extreme yeah. poverty. and how too, they're impacted right? by yeah. different mm-hmm. types of, of false ideas uh, in worldview. Yes. So I thought uh, that was just mm-hmm. a richness I saw, and I thought, yeah, we mm. we still yeah. have some things that we see that that uh, are unique. Um, yeah, words. Um, wow, I was reading an mm. article this morning. And I thought it was. I it had a, a kind of a, a, inobtrusive title, so I read it. But it but it had words. It, all at once it was full of intersectionality, exclusivism, inclusivism, uh, um, words that I'm thinking. I know these words, but I couldn't understand. But uh, they did. How do I put it? They're they're new, they're new words. words. I mean, this is and, this is the
1: new and, lexicon of yeah, social and, justice. Yeah, and yet yeah, they're right. also
2: a bit of a vacuum. Because I thought, what does that word really mm-hmm. mean? And I thought, it's a little bit mysterious because it's a word without depth when I thought about them. Maybe I'm maybe the, the next person will say, oh, you're completely wrong. You just don't understand the word. But when I think of compassion, That's I think deep, <laughs> deep understanding of compassion, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. inclusiveness, it's like, well, that could be the world. Anyway, um, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe one other point was uh, you guys jumped into Gnosticism. And I'm thinking mm. that is still a huge barrier to understanding why we should be engaged in cultural transformation at the level of worldview and the biblical worldview, because we still have a gnostic view of the gospel.
1: Yeah, it's worth. I mean, Luke, I want to hear from you, but I just want to I just want to underscore that because. Um and for those of you who you know this idea of Gnosticism is not you know it's you could you couldn't define it it's so helpful to understand that it comes from a Greek heresy people like Plato even that they they defined they saw reality in terms of a kind of a, a perfect world and then a um, what's the word you know kind of a, a degraded um you know, world. Um, And the the perfect world was this heavenly world of ideas. Um, It was immaterial. And then the material world was this degraded world that, um, you know, you needed to kind of get out of or flee from into this perfect world. And that idea isn't biblical, right? I mean, but it came into the church in the early church, Mm And it, in very practical ways, like, Jesus incarnated as a person, right, in a, mm-hmm. in a body, you know? He wasn't an idea, he was a human being. He was born, you know, <laughs> in a stable, with blood, and, uh, you know, and that, for Gnostics, was like, they just couldn't—no, they can't accept that. So they denied the—what's the uh, the, the, uh, what's the word, Dwight? The incarnation, right, the physical right. incarnation yeah, of God no, so in so. human flesh, right? Like, that just couldn't have happened. So that got, you know, kind of rejected as a heresy. But um because the B- the Bible doesn't separate these things. It says that God who is spirit created the heavens and the earth, you know, and the earth is his handiwork. It's it's good. He loves his creation. He's redeeming it, you know, and that includes human life and human bodies and rocks and fish and trees and everything else, you know. There isn't a separation, but That Gnostic idea crept into the early Church, and now it's back, and you see it in evangelical Christianity because of this idea that this fallen world is kind of the domain of Satan, and it's it's all broken, it's all evil. I'm not denying it, you know, that Satan exists and he prowls around like a roaring lion, but but it's the idea that God has kind of handed it over, given it over. He's not involved. You know, He just wants to save people out of it. You know, the imagery is the lifeboat, mm-hmm. right on a ship that's sinking. You got to get people into the lifeboat, get them off of that sinking ship. Don't bother with the sinking ship. It's just, it's 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 a waste of your time. It's going down. Okay, um, so. You know, this is kind of right, the Gnostic right. idea, right? This 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 world isn't worth bothering with, you know. And that's back now, big time. So, yeah,
0: I I think of with the power of words. Um, I mean, just at first, you kind of think, well, oh, it's just a word. Why does that matter? What do you mean it has power? It's just something you say, you know. Mm-hmm. But then when you think about a word and the um the thoughts that come to mind, the emotions it invoke. I mean, if we say Coca-Cola, everyone immediately has a thought Mm -hmm. of what that is, whereas it's just some Mm -hmm. letters in a row, you know. Um, But then when we say a word like sin, if you Mm -hmm. had never heard that word before, what would you replace that with? Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think today we're kind of losing the idea and the concept of sin. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I mean, we're talking about Gnosticism. Gnosticism, in a way, says, you know... Uh it you know, I, I always kind of associate it with a sacred secular divide. I don't know if that's totally yeah. accurate, yeah, but yeah, that's right. You know, that's okay. a simplified way of saying it. If there's a sacred secular divide, then the secular world sin doesn't apply there in a way. And if you just rip the sacred out of it, then what where where do we fill that gap? You know, you come mm. up with new terms. You say oh, it's just this person was, uh, you know, affected by its uh, society growing up and now now it has this issue, this person does, or, you know, you can throw Mm -hmm. a lot in the mental illness category. I'm not just, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that 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 doesn't exist at all, but I think we put Mm -hmm. a lot of too much weight on that and we say, like...
1: It's kind of replaced the concept of sin, right? In a
0: way, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So that's just, I'm just pointing to the power of words there. If you don't have that word in your vocabulary a lot of things in life are not going to make sense, because a lot of things in life are just an effect of sin. We live in a fallen world, and it,
1: it, it affects all of us. Um, yeah, that's... I love to think of words as, as uh, uh, you know, they're, they're these powerful windows into reality that if you don't have them, you don't see a part of reality, and you don't live in it. So like, for example, you know, we talk about Arturo Cuba's story in Guatemala so much, and that indigenous tribe didn't have an understanding of the word dominion, so they didn't—for them, that, did you know, dominion over creation didn't exist. It literally wasn't something that they could even conceive of. And, you know, that becomes real in that story of the rats. Well, they said, the rats always eat our corn crop. That's just the way it is, right? And Arturo had to introduce this concept of dominion from the Bible, and that, no, you know, you as a human being are to have dominion. You have dominion. You have rule over this created world, and you can exercise that rule in a way that leads to the flourishing of your families. And then when they understood that concept from the Bible, they could walk in that. Then they, all of a sudden they could develop their own corn cribs and things that protected their crop from the rats in a way that they never could have, they just couldn't, it would have never been a possibility before. And mm-hmm. it was a word, you know, it was a biblical word, you know. And so that's what words are, that's the power of words, that they create uh, windows into reality That reality of dominion exists, but if you don't know the concept, you don't have no window into it. You can't walk in it. You can't live in it. Words
2: are wonderful gifts. They really are.
0: Yeah. Um, We talked a lot about biblical worldview today, and we talked about worldview. I thought I I did enjoy his definition of that, Um, a pattern Mm -hmm. of ideas, beliefs, and convictions, um, and habits that help make sense of God, the world, our relationship to God and the world. I like that definition. Did you memorize it? Yeah, totally memorized it. Isn't that crazy? Incredible! That's amazing. (laughs) Good job, young brain. Yeah, there. Young brain, Uh, not not my brain. I just Uh, heard pattern. I just heard pattern.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know that's me too. I was like just kind of like pattern, pattern. I kept like I got stuck on that. I couldn't
0: go any further. Anyways. I think I th- we talk about worldview all the time. We talk about biblical worldview all the time. Um, I think a lot of people don't understand uh, the difference between biblical worldview and justification. Um, I think you know, mm-hmm. you know I, I, a lot of people think that if you're a Christian, oh, you have a biblical worldview. You know that that's a package deal. Um, mm. Let's. Mm. What do you guys think about that? Do you, is
1: it a package deal? Is it not? No, yeah. it's not. When you become a Christian, when you accept Jesus as your personal Savior, you know, and you make that decision, yes, I believe Jesus is who he said he was, right? And I, 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 you know, bow the knee, right, to, to him as my Lord and my Savior. Yeah, there are certain things that happen immediately, right? Like, you are justified, you know, all of a sudden your sins are wiped away, right? And they're not counted against you, you know, and that... You don't work towards that. That's a gift, right? That's that's a given, right? There are certain things that happen immediately. Um, I do believe that um, God fills us with His Holy Spirit, empowers us. But um, but the worldview is all of these. It's the way you think. It's the it's that whole sum of all of these ideas that you have grown up with, right? From the time that you were just an infant on your mother's knee, and the stories that she read to you and the way that you saw people around you living and functioning and what they did and and in a fallen world all of those things aren't biblical you know they're fallen in different ways you know and we can lump that fallenness together in categories like animism or marxism or whatever it is but 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 those are the ideas that you have now do those ideas all immediately just Fly out of your mind, and are they all replaced with completely biblical ideas when you become a Christian? The answer is no. Although you begin, right, certain things for sure begin to change. But um, you know, I think of the Apostle Paul when he, you know, he in, he um, admonishes you know believers, you know, do not be transform, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. In other words, the ways of thinking of this world. Um, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's a that's a discipline. It's something that Christians have to be. It's part of our discipleship. I believe it has to be really intentional. It doesn't just happen automatically. Um, and if it doesn't happen either, you can be a Christian for a long time, and and this is true of me even, and still function from a largely non-Christian mm. set of ideas. Mm. You can, I mean, for years. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely possible and often very common. I would say. So what do you so, what do you recommend? I, I want to ask. That?
2: What do you recommend, Scott?
1: Uh, you know, for me, I just the concept of worldview is so helpful. It's kind of like a code that unlocks something here. Oh, okay. I have a worldview, like, and it, it may not align with biblical truth, you know, but it answers. It's a way of seeing the world of who I am of. Of, of what is ultimately real or what's the purpose in life or, you know, I, I have this worldview. And then once you understand worldview, the question then immediately becomes, are my ideas right. about these things in alignment with what right. the Bible right. teaches? Like that's a question we don't often ask. Until you understand the concept of worldview, it's hard to even ask that question. But once you understand worldview, then you can start going, okay, okay. And then, then it's like, oh my gosh, so many of the ways, I think, aren't aligned with 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 the Bible. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 he used the word metanoia, and that's what that word means. Transformation means change your mind. It literally means change the way you think. Oh,
2: yeah, ahead, I was just, some people wonder why we even teach worldview uh, globally, because that seems like such a Western mm. um, concept, and it's so um, ideological in a sense. And and yet, just because mm. just what you said, if if we help people understand that mm. they have, we've seen this. If you help people understand that they have yeah. a worldview, then they can start questioning their worldview.
1: That's right. Before you that, they really you it's can't see just, it. it. It's like a fish exactly. in a fishbowl. You don't so see it. We actually exactly. take yeah. some
2: effort to help people understand they have a worldview, and then lead them out of animism mm-hmm. or Hinduism or whatever it is they're trapped in. So.
1: That's why it's such a powerful concept, and it's so it's so essential for discipleship. You know, this kind of discipleship of the mind, of of of, of our, our thinking, our patterns of thought. Yeah. You know, so
0: and just yeah, for anyone out there who wants to start thinking this way, who wants to start recognizing what type of worldview they have, what are some basic questions? We have some basic questions that it's good to ask yourself, and really, really be honest with yourself. Ask these basic questions, and you can really quickly form. An understanding of what type of
1: worldview you have. Well, the you know the the big worldview questions are kind of the ultimate types of questions. These big questions like, what is ultimately real? Is there a God? What God, What is God like? Um, uh, you know, who am I? What does it mean to be a human being? What does it mean to be made in God's image? I mean, even as Christians, we throw that out. Yeah, I'm made in God's image, but what does that really mean to be made in God's image? You know, um, and how does that shape a life? Uh, questions like where, what is history? Where's history going? You know, um, is there you know a guiding hand, providence, if you will, in history, or is it just kind of one darn thing after another? You know, and what 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 happens after I die? You know, so. Those we all wrestle with these big questions, you know, but these questions are going to be answered by our worldview. And I think a lot of people, because we're busy and we, you know, those questions don't uh, in, interject in our daily lives very often when we're no. eating breakfast
2: or going to no, work. I, I don't wake is, up in know? the morning and ask, What does it mean to be human?
1: You don't ask you know, those what, big <laughs> questions. What does it mean right? yeah, to be yeah, a human exactly, being today? Yeah.
2: No, I, I, and I wouldn't know how to answer it anyway. And so. you, you,
1: and you accept. You tend to accept whatever yeah. answers you've yeah, absorbed passively. from from your friends and family, the culture, yeah. right? I mean, you just kind of they it just it's yeah. runs in the background like software exactly, and computer, exactly.
2: yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, Luke, they could walk watch our core video. What is a worldview?
1: What is a worldview? We're trying to take some of the core teachings of the DNA and kind of boil them down to their essence so that it's easy with people ask this question, what do you teach? You know, it's like, well, watch these five videos. I have a pretty good yep. idea of what so, we teach. teaching yeah. anyways. Start there. I'll link that in the, the, the in the show All notes right.
0: for anyone who wants to watch that. It's a great video. Um, yeah, that was, that, that was, really enjoyed the discussion with Dr. Jeff Myers today. Um, just so many takeaways. Uh, I think, um, You guys could all agree with that. Uh, And this little debrief discussion has been great. Um, I enjoy having these after the podcast. Hopefully these are helpful for you guys who are listening. Um, As always, thanks for listening to Ideas Have Consequences. Uh, This is the podcast of the Disciple Nations Alliance. Um, Join us next week uh, here on the podcast. Uh, We have episodes come out every Tuesday. um, So I hope you're able to join us then. Thanks again for listening.